Hello everybody, welcome to the Football Filling. I hope you have had a good weekend today. I am joined by the ex-Blues, Baggies and Bolton Bulldog himself. It's Paul Robinson, how are you mate? I'm all good mate. Good weekend? Lovely, thank you. Uh, it was a good weekend in the Premier League and that is because all of the big boys won, which means we have got a title race on our hands. In fact, it is the closest title race in 10 years. That is why we love the Premier League. Oh, and there's no Mark Goldbridge here today because uh, he did a live stream for the NFL last night, so he's called in sick. Ooh, just me and you, mate. Love it. Come on, then. Football filling. Right, we've got to start. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Start with Arsenal, Robbo. Uh, did you watch this game yesterday, by the I way? I did, yeah. Um, at halftime, did you feel a little bit, a tinsy-wincy bit, sorry, for West Ham, and in particular, David Moyes? No, not at all. Because <laughs> it's football. And I, I just, at the moment, I just love watching Arsenal. Yeah. I just think the way, when, they, when they're at it like that yesterday, it, it, they're just so hard to it, play it against. It was relentless, wasn't relentless. it? Relentless. West Ham had no answers, no matter what. And I think even 15 minutes at half-time... For them, they were probably just thinking, like, we thank God for that. We, we, at least we got 15 minutes. But then, second half again, Arsenal, straight at it. You know, if um, I've been in that situation, I've been 5 nil down at half-time before. Um, and as a goalkeeper, you genuinely start to worry and fear the absolute worst. You start thinking, this could be 10 nil then. Yeah. Like, this could be 11. This could be a world record Premier League score. Thankfully, I only finished six. But did you see the scenes at half-time on Sky where um, there was, like, a helicopter camera yeah. and you had all the West Ham fans leaving the stadium? That's not good, is it? No, that's not good. And the, but they were leaving before that. I think after the fourth goal went in, they, they all then started disappearing. And yeah, I, I, like you say, the sky cameras have highlighted it, but it's not good for, for David Moyes and for West Ham. But again, but what can David Moyes do? It's, it's the players that, ha- that need to go out on the pitch and perform and they just didn't perform. Arsenal was superb. What, what, what areas were Arsenal? Why were they so, so able to just go and dominate so easily? I just think they controlled the game, like from back to front, all, all the time. I think Saka, Martinelli, um, even Trossard, I thought he was oh, excellent yesterday. Way. Declan Rice in midfield just broke everything up and just everything simple. Um, uh, Aldegaard as well. They're just so good. Like when they're, when they're in free flow, them players are so good to watch and they just cause West Ham so many problems. And, it, and like you say, it could have been more. Uh, the, the, the one for me, you know, when I think it was the third goal, Declan Rice whips the ball in, set piece. Um, and you had uh, Cresswell um, stood on the sideline. Obviously, they used to be teammates at West Ham. And Cresswell's watching him just about to whip this ball into the box. And it's an absolute pin-perfect ball. Cuts all the defenders out. The goalie can't come and get involved in it. It's, in the end, it's a simple sort of like flicking. Um, 
but Cresswell sort of standing behind, watching this delivery come from his, his ex-teammate Declan Rice, and Declan Rice wheels up the pitch and he just sort of looks at him and says, we could do with a player like you, mate. If you were in that, <laughs> if you were in that West Ham changing room at half-time, what would you have been saying? If you were the captain, what would you be saying to the lads to try and get them to go again in the second half? Well, you just got to try and stay motivated and positive as much as you can, even though it's hard to. You're 4-0 down to a team like Arsenal, and you, you're like you say, you're lucky it's only four. Um, and, and you're hoping then that the start of the second half, obviously David Moyes made a couple of changes to give him that little bit of a spark. Zuma come off, mm. who was, is he captain? He's captain, isn't yeah. he? West Ham's captain. So he's come off, so he's actually brought the captain off. Um, but they just couldn't get into it. Um, Arsenal were that good, that dominant. And, and, and the more the game that went on, the more that it looked like they were going to score more than six in the end. And for me, yeah, I just for West Ham, you just want that game over and done with as soon as possible. And then... Yeah, put it to bed. Obviously, they're going to be in today. Talk through it. The, what, what we could have done better. Will it be a talk through or will it be a, a shout through of, lads, come on, we're, we're talking about a bit of a derby here. Do you know what I mean? This isn't just yeah. sort of any other team in the Premier League. This is the derby. This is a London derby. David Moyes will rightly be very annoyed today. And also, he's going to be under some pressure now as well because West Ham fans haven't been the happiest no. of lately, have they? No. They go and get spanked 6-0 in their own back garden. The pressure's on, isn't it? Of course it is. And, and David Moore's ball today, he'd probably be feeling the pressure a little bit from what's coming up above. But you can only do your job until you're told otherwise. So, yeah, he'll go in there. I think they'll have a meeting. They'll definitely have a meeting today and they'll go through certain situations with yesterday where they were not good enough, especially from set pieces. Again, Arsenal were dominated in them. And like even when you look at the third goal, like we talked about there with Declan Rice, that ball, like you're looking at the defenders and you're going they're actually not even covering the near post space oh, of where the goal's gone two, in. There was two players. So for me, there. that's that's disappointing and David Moores will probably be asking questions about why, why are we defending like that against a team like Arsenal? We can't afford to defend like that and they need to get it right for the next game. This is, um, this is almost like... This is why I'm excited for this title race, right? So Arsenal of old, you would never be talking about Arsenal being a set-piece team, teams that... Uh, they've got players in there that can score. You'd, you'd yeah. never worry about that with Arsenal. It would always be no. almost them trying to walk the ball into the back of the net. And that's why I think this year in particular, Arsenal have got a real fighting chance. Like I say, it's very close at the top. They're two points yeah. off the top anyway. Um, but I just think if they can keep putting performances in like that and scoring them ugly goals and set-piece goals as well, that's massive for them, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's where you, you've watched Arsenal, like especially this season and last season when Arteta first took over, is that they wasn't very dominant in the air and, and wasn't very convincing when set pieces were going in. And they were, they were trying to play a lot of things short and trying to pass the ball into the net. But we're seeing a different Arsenal now this year and maybe the Liverpool results giving them a little bit more confidence in that as well with knowing that when they do go to teams like West Ham, they've got to be a little bit more physical. And they, and they did when the ball went in the box. Not only were they defending uh, and putting their head in there and clearing it and you could see them when they, when they were like blocking shots now, they're like celebrating as if to go, yes, come on. When, when have we ever seen that from an Arsenal team? We've we've never since like uh, Tony Adams and the Martin Keown days and Lee Dixon and it's Nigel nice Winterburns. It's it? great to see because, like you say, now it does. The title league now is wide open with 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 like you say, the Liverpools and the Man City. So it's getting exciting, really uh, exciting. We're going to talk about the other teams in the title race quickly. Um, something that people love to talk about: celebrating against your former team, Declan Rice. Mm. If that was you, you just scored. Um, if you were playing for Blues and you were just scored against Baggies, are you celebrating? You celebrate, yeah, but it's it's a celebration where you're not going over the top with it. I, yeah. d I didn't quite understand it because he celebrated the other goals yeah. when he well obviously he's from his set pieces and they've scored. He's he's joined in the celebrations and he's enjoying it. But then he scored an unbelievable like a goal. So 
I'm, enjo I'm enjoying that and yeah, I'm I, celebrating yeah, it. A first time whipper into the corner like that, yeah. I'm running off celebrating. I ain't trying to rub it in West Ham's faces no. here or anything like that, but I'm celebrating it. But like I say, I think when he celebrates the other goals, it's almost like um, he's not worried about the camera being on him so much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he can kind of revel in it a little bit more. But no, for God's sake, if you whip one in from 30 yards like that, mate, I'm running off celebrating all day yeah, long. True, right. All day long. So have you ever celebrated against your teams, like obviously being in goal, when you've... when you've what, uh, like, like a clean sheet or scored, a winner yeah. or something? Yeah, something like that. Even when like your team scored, but it's your old team that you played against, have you celebrated it in goal? Yeah, I'll kind of... I, I will. Again, I'll be the same as you. I'll be, I'll be respectful with it. But I'm celebrating, you know, that team pays my wages. That's That's... Those supporters travel to come and watch their team, and so I'm part of that team. I, I, I need to give them something to be happy and cheerful for. So if we've just scored a goal, or if we've just won the game, mate, I'm with you. I'm, I'm yeah. doing it, but I'm not rubbing it in the face. I will also go around and make sure I give a nice little clap to the, the, the other set of supporters yeah. because they, at some point, they were supporting me as well. So they might have a nice little bit of a fondness for me because I'll definitely have a fondness for them as well. You know, if I'm playing against Man United or, or Birmingham or West Brom or Watford, then yeah, for sure, mate. I'm giving yeah. them a little bit of love back. Why not as well? Um, what do you make of this new blue card coming out, Robert? Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. A bit like VAR. It's taken me time to get used to VAR, but now the, these blue cards are just, it's just, it's baffling. It's baffling <laughs> that people will even consider talking about these, like bringing them into the game. We, we watch other sports and we love other sports. Yeah. We, love, we love how their rules go, like the rugby. We love how the rules are with that because we know, we understand it. Golf, the same with rulings. If you, if you put your club down in the bunker, it's a penalty shot. Why, why are we even thinking about bringing blue cards into football? It just, it's beyond baffling. So um, they're talking about giving a blue card for, for things like dissent or a cynical foul, OK? Um, and it would be a 10-minute simbin. Um, but again, instead of actually just dealing with it, the referees in the first instance, so in rugby, does anybody ever show dissent or anything to the referee? where they're, they're disrespectful. No, of course they don't, because they know the referee won't stand for it and he'll say, get off. Simple as that, yeah. get off, OK? The reason why they're doing it in football is because the referees won't do that. They won't step up and go, whoa, don't talk to me like that, yeah? This is a yellow card, and if you do it again, it's a red card, and I'll happily send you off for it. They're now introducing this sort of, like, safety buffer of, oh, you, you swore at me, so here's a blue card. But what it's going to do is it will slow everything down Football is a, an opinion-based game, isn't it? So everything will be completely as to what somebody in a studio thinks that should have been a, a blue card. It's just going to slow it down even more, isn't it? Ridiculous. But like you say there, dissent, you get a yellow card. Yeah. But then if you go over the top, you're getting a red card. The rules have been laid out at the start of the season with what you do and say to referees anyway. So why are we trying to change it, just the colour of the card? We know that you're going to get a yellow card if you speak to the referee. I don't know... <laughs> Whoever makes the laws, right? Whoever is allowed to make the laws. Yeah. yeah. I want like... them to come out. I want that person to come out and say, it, this was my idea. Yeah. This was my idea. I said that, like, in a group of, like, all the, all the, the, the panel that was there, I think we should have a blue card. But, and it was only banter as well. I was only joking when I said yeah. it as well. And, and somebody jumped on it and went, yeah, I think that's a good idea. It must have been. Well, normally you just go, shut up, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. keep, keep that one in your head and don't ever say it again. <laughs> that's what you'd say in football. Shush, shush. But um, it just... It's, are you going to get to a point in football where the fans are going to be in the stadium for three hours long? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Some American sports. Yeah, it's getting ridiculous. It is. Everything's getting ridiculous. It will slow it down so much. So Anne just come out and said, it's what, what, what are you thinking? Come on. Jurgen Klopp said a very similar something. Um, and it is. It's almost like the lawmakers are giving free reign now to go and go, right, how can we um, disrupt this as much as we can? You know that beautiful game that you, you love and adore and you've played so well in the Premier League and before and all that yep. for years and years and years. Let's now just create fun and games because it's more talking points. It's going to annoy people. It's going to keep people in stadiums for three hours now on a match day. Do you know what I mean? We're already seeing seven, eight, ten minutes at the end of the first half. We're already seeing ten, twelve minutes at the end of the second. Yeah. It's getting ridiculous, isn't it? Well, next thing, we're, we're, what we're going to have adverts and, and like little breaks yeah. in the game. Yes, 15 minutes, we're going to have like a, a little bit of music on to Sponsor the fans. break. They can enjoy themselves for a little bit and the yeah. players have just got to have a water break. A little show, come on, like, you will get, we'll get a performance. Can you imagine, it. right? Say, say me or you, we were on the pitch still and we got a blue card and we had to go and sit on the bench for 10 minutes and wait and then expect to do another warm-up. Yeah. Then to go the tempo of the game and pace of the game. You're telling me as a footballer that's going to be acceptable. How's that going to happen with a goalkeeper? You're just going to what, make a sub. What, what as a manager, you're going to go, I'm making a sub. Yeah. Because... What happens with the goalkeeper? What if the goalkeeper gets a blue card? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, what's going to happen? Does, is a goalkeeper exempt from a blue card? Like centre off, you got to go and go. <laughs> you you got to put Ben's, you got to put Ben's gloves on for ten minutes, <laughs> keep them warm for him, and then if, try not to concede the goal. Oh, um, are we agreeing then? No, um, uh, no, are we agreeing? We're not it's agreeing. Rubbish, <laughs> it's yeah? rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's okay. total rubbish. We agree, and I think I think if you asked every footballer in the world ever, they would all agree probably that yeah. It's absolutely rubbish. Don't bring it in. But I bet you that IFAB or whoever it is will put out a stat saying, we asked and 95% of footballers agreed it would be a good idea. Yeah, but even that, though, why are we not asking the fans these questions? Uh, imagine that. The fans pay money yeah. to go and be entertained by yeah. watching football matches. So uh, if you're a fan now, you're wasting your money. One, yeah. now, because we are, at the moment, we're, we're wasting time with VAR, with the amount of time decision-making it is to, to speed the game up. But now you're asking a fan to sit there and wait for, is it a blue card? Right, so... Now you're paying a hell of a lot of money to go and watch a football match and you're seeing a player going to sit on the bench for 10 minutes yeah. to be simbin by a blue card. You know what they should do? Just ask every fan that walks through a turnstile, yes or no. Very simple, touch screen, blue card, yes or no, what do you think? Exactly. Oh, and then you'll get the answers at the end of it, simple as that. Of course you will. I bet you'll be in the... It's the best sport in the world, football, and we all want to see it fast and frantic and enjoyable. And at the moment, we're just we're killing the game with all these, these things that we're trying to come up with. Um, right, let's talk about the other teams in this title race. And I want to start with Spurs, OK? Yep. Um, as it stands today, it's Monday. Um, Spurs are seven points off the top. If the roles were reversed, and that was Man City that was seven points off the top, at this stage, would you say Man City called cool, they're winning it? Yeah, you would, yeah. With the, with the full would, squad that you? they've got now, yeah, you would. Yeah, because you're expecting them, yeah. because they do it every year. Ten wins in a row for Man City is. Yeah, they're flying at the moment. And like we always talk about Man City because of how good they are at recovering points. Yeah. 
Whereas we, we talk about Tottenham and some, like in the previous years, they've not been very good at recovering them points. But now this year with Ange in charge, they look like they've got that bit between their teeth and they can close the gap. But It was a massive win for them at the weekend. So uh, Brennan Johnson, 96-minute yep. winner. Um, these are the sort of games, especially against Brighton as well. Brighton are a decent team. Um, but those sort of wins, they're like massive bonus points, aren't yeah. they? You are buzzing your trio for it. And couple that with the fact that they've now got a lot of first-team players back from injury. James Madison, you've got Mickey van der Ven, Romero. There's a few others in there that have come back in. Do you think Spurs genuinely could be, could be classed as title contenders at least? Yeah, I do, definitely, 100%. And now you've got Saar back as well, Basuma, yeah, yeah. Son's back who come on and assisted for, for Brendan Johnson at the weekend. So they're getting their squad back. And when Tottenham had their, their squad fully fit at the start of the season, they were a threat. And they were, like you say, they were flying at the top of the league, um, picked up their injuries, had a little bit of a dip, but now everyone's back and... You're saying that 96-minute winning goal as well will give them a lot of confidence and, and, and going into the next game now and, and leading to the end of the season, you know, hopefully keep everyone fit. They've got a real good chance. What's that, what's that like, Robbo, when um, you kind of, you, you draw in and all, you're almost resigned to only getting a point and then somebody comes up with a bit of magic at the end, nicks it, 96-minute, what's it like in the changing room? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's a great feeling. And, and like you say, it's, it's the way it happened because Brighton, I'm, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. I've, I've loved watching them this year. I think they're, they're an excellent side to watch. Roberto's done a great job there and he's gotten free flow in and playing some great football. Matoma as well, he was, yeah. he's just come back as well from the Asia Cup. So he was excellent at the weekend and he would be devastated that he's not on that yeah. on that winning side. Um, but yeah, when you score that last minute winner and, and, and like it's the, literally the last kick of the game, what a feeling and, and the buzz around the ground and the atmosphere and going into the dressing room where the lads are like, they're probably celebrating and bouncing up and down but not getting too carried away because because yeah, yeah, yeah. Ange's the Ange type of manager he'll anyway. let him enjoy it but he won't let him get too carried away because he knows now right okay we've just got the winner but come on let's let's build on this now and let's go into the next game with the same mentality I just hope um, I just hope all the players and all the fans inside the stadium actually got to celebrate properly and lost themselves for a minute do you know what I mean yeah, because do. there's so many times where a goal will go in and you are half worried about VAR, you're half worried about it yeah. being offside or something in the build-up or something. Yeah. Something might get picked out anyway. I just hope for that five, ten seconds or something when that goal went in, everybody was able to just lose themselves and enjoy a goal going in and winning a game. It's, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, Man City as well then. Um, watch this game. Everton were decent. decent. Everton were decent. Yeah, Man really City good. were kind of a little bit off it. Yeah. But as usual, Erling Haaland steps up, scores his two goals. It's, mm. I, I saw Ray Ferdinand say after the game, actually, he said... The thing that he likes most about Erling Haaland is he's not bothered about not getting service. He's not bothered about touching the ball. He's not bothered about getting involved. He knows when to come alive, doesn't he? He yep. knows that he will wait for that one opportunity, two opportunities, and when it comes, he will be in the right place at the right time and he'll snaffle it up like he always does. Yeah, which he was for the first goal. I mean, what a strike. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Which foot is he? Like, when we watch his don't goals, really, you don't really know. I always think that is he left-footed, his yeah. stronger foot, which yeah. he looks like he naturally does that. Yeah. But then when he when he connects with that from the corner, like the second phase with his right foot... He, he has to be left-footed, though, right? He has to be more dominant left-footed. Yeah. So if you look at the second goal... The second goal, yeah. He, you can see him open himself up. Yeah. You can see him almost run round the ball yeah. to create that angle to whip it. And everybody knew where he was going to put the ball, didn't they? Yeah. Everybody knew it because he was shaping his body that way. Jordan Pickford knew he was going to put it that way. But he just finds those little gaps, those little holes. It's yeah. like he doesn't necessarily always kick it the cleanest either. But he will get it in the back of the net, won't he? But he does what all good strikers do. I think when they're 1v1 with the goalie, they're waiting for the goalie to make a decision. Yeah. I think Pickford obviously knew what he was going to do. Yeah. 
but that split second, Harlan knew that he weren't going to get down quick enough. So it was that pace, wasn't it, and the, yeah, yeah, the bit yeah. of a uh, bit of whip on it that just got it past what him. Would, uh, what would you have done in that situation if you were if you were Jared Branthwaite when you know that ball's coming over the top and it's almost like a bit of a physical tussle? Yeah. You're talking about Erling Haaland, big, yeah. strong, fast, rapid. What are you doing? Are you trying to get involved in that tussle or are you just trying to cut the, cut the space off as much as you can? I, th- I think what didn't help him was, is, and like he'll probably say it himself, is when you're watching him, I thought he was excellent as well. Yeah. I thought him and Tarkovsky at the back were, were different class the whole game and it's just them moments, them one moments in games that, that, that you say, they had a difference with Haaland and I think he turned his back. So he was running back towards... So he'd seen where Haaland made his first run but then he's sort of his back now's facing Pickford. He's got he's looking at Pickford. He's then not seen Harlan's different type of movement. So if he just now turns his body and opens it up, he maybe runs with the same pathway that Harlan's yeah, now yeah, going yeah. and he gets there a little bit quicker. But because Harlan's got that split second on him where he, he's got his back to him, he's run now, he can see his number. Now it's hard for a defender to sort of turn now that way where he's got a turn there but Harlan's got the extra couple of yards on him so he's his body strength as well as a defender it's do you go in with him with your shoulder now or do you hold off a little bit longer and wait and just run that last minute slide but then he's possibly thinking I could bring him down and get sent off here it was it was horrible because you just saw him sort of get tangled with it you knew that Erlen Iron was going to body him you knew he was going to wait him and um, he just sort of crumbled to the ground. And I know for a fact he will have watched that back. But this is all learning. Yeah, of course young defender, yeah. He will be able to look back at that now and go, do you know what, in the future, if I'm facing somebody that's quick or physical or stronger than me, then don't bother getting involved at that early stage. Yeah. Just try and wait a little bit longer for the chance where I can maybe hook it with a slide tackle or something yeah, but like that. That. Yeah, that was the only thing for me was is that he, he literally he saw Harlem was there and he had his body position there. So he straight away, he knew where he had him if the ball was slid by De Bruyne down there. But because De Bruyne is so clever... Yeah. He just waited for Haaland's yeah. different change of movement. Yeah. But then break weight, what he didn't do was his body position was still straight. Yeah. So instead of now opening up that way, so he's seeing Haaland go there, so his body position's turning there, he maybe might have had a better chance of stopping. split seconds, but yeah. that's all it takes, isn't that's it? All it that's is. all it is. That's all it is. That's 10 wins in a row now then, like I say, for Man City. Two points off the top with a game in hand. Um, it's, it's ominous signs. It's, it's almost like we're so used to this happening now, isn't it? At this kind yeah. of time of the season. Um, Liverpool then, uh, another good win for them at the weekend. By all accounts, by the way, it was a three o'clock kickoff this one. By all accounts, Burnley did really, really well and they had some opportunities as well. Jurgen Klopp wasn't happy at full time with the performance of some of his players. Um, but it's another big win. It's, it's kind of... We're getting to the point now, aren't we, where Liverpool, Man City, they just seem to, they just seem to churn out these results, don't they? Well, they do. And like you say, it's... They're another strong team um, and they'll keep picking points up now as well um, at home. In, in, like I say, yeah. when you're at Anfield, it's a tough place to go. They made a few changes, obviously. Keller come in for Alisson, who yeah. was out not very well, I he don't think. He made some good saves. He made some great saves and Burnley saves. were good. Yeah. I was on the front foot, four fan, um, he could have scored yeah. a couple of goals towards the end yeah. of it. But Liverpool, they're just, they're, they're just strong. In the forward areas, when you've got Jota, you've got um, Darwin, you've got uh, Diaz... Harvey Elliott now, like the younger groups coming through, your Curtis's Jones, they're, they're good players. Yeah. And they're always going to cause a team like Burnley problems because, again, weak from set pieces. And that's where their goals come from. And, yeah. and they're always open with the way that they play, with the way that company wants them to play the football expansive. A team like Liverpool are always going to find them gaps and, and cause them problems. And I think in, in time gone by, you would always assume... You know the the lower teams to be the the set piece specialists. You know, like back in the day, Burnley or the Everton. You know, where they've got the big brutes, the big big sort of English core. We'll just put a ball in the box and we'll go smash it. I think what the what the bigger teams now are proving, yeah, 
is that set pieces are so important, yeah. aren't they? You look at how many goals uh, are scored now via a corner or a ball into the box from a free kick or even a penalty. Penalties are given right, left or centre. Yeah. It's a massive part of the game, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to be good. You've got to be organised, but you've got to be able to score those goals and defend them at the other end as well. And that's the thing. I think it's how much do you want How much do you want it yeah. as a player. It's like as a defender, how much do you want to defend your box and, and clear your lines? And then the other end, when you're attacking it, how much do you want to go and, how much do you want to go and win and score a goal? It's... You've got to be ruthless in them areas. And I think, like you say, a team like Burnley at the moment, they're, they're just struggling. They're struggling to deal with balls, any balls that come into their box. And Liverpool found it out at the weekend how easy it was to score the goals. And, yeah, they're just finding it tough at the moment to, to find the results that they need. Do you know what I'm noticing is, I think, Burnley have got some big lads, yeah? The, a lot of the teams have got big lads, right? But there's still a difference in the athlete of that big lad. If you look at some of the players that Liverpool have got, you're talking about the likes of Virgil van Dijk or Darwin Nunes, who are big lads, yeah. but how athletic are they? How quick are they? Their acceleration, um, their will to want to get on the end of balls. And I'm not saying that the Burnley players haven't got that, or some of the other teams haven't got that, but that is why they're the best of the best. That's why they play for Liverpool, is because they've got more factors for their game, haven't they? They've got they've got more attributes. And and when it comes down to it, the nitty-gritty, these are the bits that make the difference, isn't it? Yeah, Liverpool have also got the money to go and spend on them players, haven't yeah. they? Burnley Burnley had just come into the Premier League this year, so they're just finding their feet. And I think the first season, you're always, you're just wanting to survive, aren't you? Yeah. When you go up to the Premier League, the first year for you is, right, let's just survive and then we can build. And with someone like Vincent Company, you can know, you know that he's going to attract certain players to the football club and the way that he wants a team to play. So is he planning now for that future of I need these I need these better players to be like a Liverpool but yeah. you're still not going to get them because you've not got the money to go and exactly. spend on them the wages and the transfer and, yeah. and that's and that's where teams like Burnley will struggle against the better teams because Liverpool they can go and buy them types of players where they are uh, Dara O'Shea scored for Burnley by the way yeah great header as well uh, big, big shout out to Dara because he was the only young kid at West Brom when yep. I was there as well and he's uh, he's done really well to be playing in the Premier League so buzzing for you mate um, talking about Liverpool then um, what is next what is the most likely outcome for Liverpool at the end of the season obviously Jurgen Klopp leaving yeah. um, lots of rumours massive rumours about Xavi Alonso out in Germany absolutely ripping it up um, with Bayer Leverkusen still undefeated in the Bundesliga and then going absolutely batter Bayern Munich at the weekend yeah. um, do you think that's the, the most sort of logical fit is, is him com- coming in and managing Liverpool You'd like to think so because of what he's doing at Leverkusen. It's, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and it's a great story with yeah. what he's what he's done there so far. Is not losing the game and beating Bayern Munich at the weekend three nil. It's you, you, there's signs there that he's a top manager, and Liverpool looking for a top manager to replace Klopp because they're going to need a top manager. And is he that answer? I think only the hierarchy at the club can make that decision. Do, on. do you think like are we are we belittling the German league a little bit here? Do you know what I mean? Because if he goes and wins the league with Leverkusen this season, it's the first time it's been done. I think in about eleven or twelve years mm. or something like that. Because Bayern have just been so relentless. Um, is it is it within the realms of possibility to say why wouldn't he just say no? I'm going to stay here. I'm having a lovely yeah. time in Germany. I've got a really fantastic team of players, and it works for me. Is, that that could be an option too, isn't it? Or would it be a case of when the Premier League comes calling, especially someone like Liverpool, you answer that phone? It's as simple as that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we we ever belittle the German league because the Bayern Munichs and the Dortmunds. You yeah. always look at them as they're the runaway leaders all the time every year. Like especially Bayern Munich, they they tend to win everything. But Leverkusen now, with with someone like Alonso in there as manager, he's 
he's making something happen. He's making something different. And a lot of teams in the German league have not been expecting it. Yeah. So for someone like Liverpool now, that they need someone different. So they've had Klopp for, what, nearly nine years, ten years. So they're now looking for that, that type of replacement that, one, knows the club, two, will, will have a bond with the fans, and three, could possibly change the way that Liverpool will play and take them to that next level. And is Alonso that man? For me, at this moment in time, it's, yes... Will Liverpool look at it as maybe a brave move to do that? Maybe yes as well, but it's something that is exciting. I I find it exciting because he's a young manager and he's got a point to prove. So if someone like Liverpool are phoning me, then I'm going, I really want to talk to Liverpool. You know what, I think think we're at a stage now with football that if if Liverpool want to get Xabi Alonso, they're going to have to pay a serious transfer fee. Yeah, which is not a problem for them. I know know they call it compensation, don't they? Yeah. But... Why can't a manager get a transfer like that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if Liverpool really want him and he wants to go and he's open to the move, Leverkusen surely will say, right, give us 30 million quid. Give us 40 million quid and we'll do it. Sweet as a nut. Everybody's a winner. Load of money for us. We can invest that in a player. You get a top-class manager. It's, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it never, never happens though, does it? For but it should though, shouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. It should, shouldn't it? Well, for the top managers who want to be taken away from clubs, yeah, but it's just never, ever, never, ever done. Oh, it'd be lovely and, to see that. And the 31 games unbeaten, right? Oh. I think that is the equivalent of Tottenham winning the Premier League if Leverkusen go all the way. Oh, that's a really good shout. Um, that's a really good shout. So, Leverkusen last season finished seventh, sixth, sorry, they finished sixth, 21 points behind Bayern Munich. Mm. Um, if they go and win it this season, that is... That's that's massive. That is like a Spurs. That's like an Aston Villa. That's like somebody like that. It is genuinely yeah. like them going and winning the Premier League, isn't it? That's that's ridiculous, in fact. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a great story, though, isn't it? Because the Premier League as well, we'd want someone like a Tottenham to win it, and, and not always expecting like your Liverpools, your Man Cities, or your Man Uniteds. For someone like Tottenham to win it, for who have not won it for so long, it would be a great story. But for like you say, for Leverkusen, 31 games. Uh, how sorry then? How sorry do you feel for Harry Kane then? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is if, if this happens, it's ridiculous. Because he, he's left Spurs because he wants to go and sign for Bayern Munich and win stuff. He wants to be in the Champions League latter stages. He wants to win the, the, the um, Bundesliga, which everybody assumed, like say, 11 years in a row they've won the Bundesliga. Everybody assumed that he would at least be winning the, the German League. And then Bayer Leverkusen come out of absolutely nowhere. Um, is it the Harry Kane curse, is it? It can't be the Harry Kane curse. It can't be, surely not. If he's going there and he's scoring all the goals... Yeah, he's, he's still getting trophies. You know I mean? he? He's absolutely ripping it up for Bayern Munich. I, don't, I, I saw after the game, they obviously lost the game at the weekend, 3-0 to, to Leverkusen. And... Um, the, the whole story is not about how good Bayer Leverkusen were. It was all about Harry Kane and, yeah. um, you know, it was an abject performance and the fans, like, slated him. And I saw a lot of Thomas Muller, actually. Did you see Thomas Muller? Yeah, he's angry. He, he, he didn't give a few little uh, no, angry but, interviews then. But that's where, like you say, it's the disrespectfulness to Leverkusen there because of the great job that Alonso's yeah, doing. Sure. It's, they're now showing how unhappy, like, Bayern Munich are. But I'll give the credit to what Alonso's doing at, at Leverkusen and give him yeah. the credit, and which he is. They are giving him a load of credit, but... After that game, you want to be getting him on the TV. You want to be getting their players on, the, on like having a chat and not showing all these like Harry Kane stats or yeah, Thomas Muller losing his head. It's just enjoy what they're doing and, and make the most of it. Imagine that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Afcon final in a minute. Um, a couple of other games I want to talk about quickly. Luton. Um, I, I, you must have saw this game. Luton Sheffield United. Fantastic win for Sheffield United, by the way. Um, two penalties were given in that game, Robbo. Um, and you know we played in an era where something like that was never a penalty. It would have never been given as a penalty. But I'm watching them back, and I'm just thinking, is that what it's come to? Really, yeah. is that what it's come to? Um, VAR has checked them, and 
basically they're very similar penalties, aren't they? Ball into the box, the, the attacker gets the first contact, heads it, and you're talking within the space of half a metre of the, of the header, a player is trying to jump up, trying to get a bit of purchase with his body, and his hand might be sort of there at face mm. height. It's clipped the hand, the referees are given the penalty. If you were a defender playing in this, this league nowadays with VAR, how frustrating would you find that? Oh, you're losing your head every week. If, if you're getting decisions like that against you, then the game's obviously changing a hell of a lot where it's, it's, it's knocking the enjoyment out of it because yeah. as, as a defender, you're elevating yourself to head the ball anyway. But the fact is that both penalties, the defenders are not looking at the ball. They're just trying to defend the space that no, they're in. Nobody's like like claiming. No one's no one's appealing them. No one's like, no one's saying their penalties until VAR are, are, are putting their nose in there and saying the possible penalties that that you could be given. And it's but you're now putting a referee in a, in a difficult position because you're stopping the game for them to go and look at the screen. And straight away, I'm looking at the screen. I'm going no, no, chance. no chance, no chance. Both of them, no chance. And, and then then the decision comes and it. Penalty, yeah. and you just think, oh... As a player, is deflating, gosh. especially for two teams like Sheffield United and Luton, who are, they're fighting to s- survive yeah, yeah. In, the, in, in the Premier League. And you're getting them decisions go against you. It's like, as a player now and as a team, you're going, well, what chance have we got? It's, it's, We've got it's, no it's chance. It's coming down to luck now, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it yeah. It genuinely is. It's coming down to who gets the better rub of the green with them sort of decisions. Because that could happen three times for one team, mm. couldn't it? It could feasibly happen yeah. three times. It could be, they could not have a kick in the game, nowhere near it, but a ball into the box, a header, it's just the most innocent flick of a hand, penalty, and it's like, really? Yeah. Seriously? That's the way we're going, unfortunately. That is the way the so game is so going So it's at the no moment. longer about who's the better team. It's just, it's, it's, a lot of it's coming down to luck, isn't it? And that's not what we want to see. We don't want to see penalties just given right, left, that. or centre. Um, did you watch the Manchester United game uh, yes. yesterday afternoon? Watched it. Good game, good game. It? it was yeah. a very good game. Aston Villa Aston should Villa. feel very a good. little bit hard done by Luke in that game 2-1 um i want to talk about harry Maguire though in particular uh fantastic performance for him um every single ball into the box yesterday Mm. it's like he was a magnet to it wasn't it getting that first contact um he was creating chances the the goal for hoyland um but it's nice to see harry Maguire back and and doing it in the premier league as well yeah it's like the old harry Maguire, wasn't it when when you watch him yesterday he looked like he was a lot more composed A lot more back to his basics of what he what he did before, um, and like you say, every ball that come into the box, either defending or attacking, he won it. So yeah, good news for England. That is for me is is that we're getting the old Harry Maguire back, and hopefully he keeps his form running on now to the end of the season, and he takes it into the Euros. Uh, what does that do for a player, Robbo, when you've been sort of derided so much by the media, you've had so much abuse, and it's all been flung at you? Um, how do you how do you one be able to deal with that, but two, how do you then come back from it? stronger and better do you sort of look at it all and just sort of duck duck off a do you look at it all and just it's sort of water off a duck's back or do you kind of take that in a little bit and just think no i've got a point to prove here now yeah i think yeah you you can i think you can easily just literally just throw everything away and just go i've had enough of this but where where we're seeing harry Maguire's mentality and his support system that's around him i think we've got to give a lot of credit to the people that he surrounded himself with and 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 have have got right behind him and, and looked after him when the media have, have, have thrown a lot of a lot of crap at him, oh, and it's horrible. been horrendous reading it. Some yeah. of it, um, but no, he's, he's you've got to have a strong mentality, and I think he's definitely showed that. and And it's great to see that he's he's now playing the football that we know that he can yeah. that he can do. And 
great for Man United to have that defender back, but also for England as well. Like we said before, it's it's yeah, it's looking you, you, good, and you, we're hoping now that we can keep these players fit going into the summer. It's a similar story really with someone like Scott McTominay as well. Um, he hasn't been starting many games, but when he's coming on, he's scoring goals. I think that's six or seven goals yeah. for the season now. Um, but again, another player who's had to deal with his fair share of criticism. Um, but it seems to me that him in particular, he just you know he knows that he might not be the most technical of players might not be up there with your likes of your Brunos and, and your Casemiro's but what he will offer you is is that fight that grit you know that when you bring him on with 10, 15, 20 minutes to go he is going to run himself ragged for you and getting on the end of ball because it was a fantastic second goal as well oh, the ball from header. Dallow made a great run fantastic header as well yeah but you look at like you say the way he's in his eyes now that, that he's lit up the ball's come in and he's like I'm winning this yeah. this is the desire yeah. that he wants it was just perfect and it? what was refreshing as well was hearing Ten Hag's comments after the game yeah. Ten Hag spoke very highly of Scott because like you say he's, he's probably not a player that Man United see as a very important player but Ten Hag does and he's and he's shown faith in him and he said whenever I need a, stop, a Scott McTominay he's ready every minute and, and that's what I like about him his attitude in training when, when the games when he's not playing he's spot on and then when I need him I know he's ready all yeah. the time so for a manager to come out and support a player like that that only just gives you confidence and I you know, know you know then that, that Scott McTominay whenever he's whenever he's called upon he knows that right I'm, I'm running for a brick wall for this manager this just goes to show that there's so much to be said for being professional to turning up on time with everything you need and being that guy around the place he could make a career by staying at Manchester United all the way through, yeah? Like I say, he's not going to play every minute. He's not going to start every game. But you know what? He will play for 10, 12, 13 years at Manchester United by doing it properly and being that guy who, when the chips are down and you need somebody to come on, or just for the odd game here, the cup games here and there, and being that good guy around the place. And I think Scott McTominay's turned into that guy, and I'm, I'm so happy for him as well. I'm going to ask you a question in a minute about who the best Bruno in the league is. Uh, Jimarej or Fernandez, uh, but before we do that, uh, Aston Villa quickly. Um, should they a little bit be a little bit worried? Yeah, uh, uh, worried in what sense? Just sort of their bubble has burst a little bit, maybe. No, not really, because of the way they played. I yeah. thought they were excellent to get in Man United, and I think they deserve to get something out of the game. It's just taking your chances, isn't yeah. it? I th- we've got to make a, a point of Anana. I think he was in the right place at the right time with yeah. a lot of the stuff. Big that, saves, yes. Big saves with big what saves. Villa threw at him. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. So from Villa's point of view, I think they've just got to keep creating the chances, keep being in the right positions and keep doing what they do. And they'll pick points up again because they're a good team. It is, it, they are a good team. And, you know, I know that whenever they're on the telly, they're going to give me something good to watch. Yeah. Sheffield United last week when they absolutely battered on my watch. I'm thinking, he's a proper team. Yeah. Uh, quickly, like you say, they're jumping on the uh, Anana bandwagon. I love it. It's good to see a goalie, you know, off the back of the AFCON. It was a disappointment for him. Hasn't been playing particularly well this season. Made some big saves yesterday for Man United. Kept him in the game. And yeah. it was kind of a match-winning performance for him, really, as well. So we're happy to see that. Um, back to my question. Bruno Himaraj or Bruno Fernandes? Who are you having in your team? Oh, Himaraj. Are you really? Yeah, all day long, yeah. What a player. What a player. What, what a, a player. performance. What, what a signing him. by Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, to pick him up for probably peanuts now to what he's compared to yeah. is, is, is a fantastic signing. Um, should Newcastle genuinely be worried about maybe losing him in the summer? Um, there's going to be a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. There's always been transfer rumours around him anyway, um, but obviously there's all this talk about FFP and them needing to offload somebody. Is is it likely that somebody's going to come sniffing for him? But what would he cost? Would it be 60, 70, 80 million? I think you're always expected to lose your best players, especially yeah. a team like Newcastle. When you attract a certain player like um, like Bruno the way, what, with what he's doing, you know a big club's going to come calling in the summer possibly where they're going to 
throw in a big offer. Yeah. And then it's down to Newcastle with well, where, where do we go from here? But I think, like you say, is at this moment in time, he is, he is the dots connected. He was out injured for a bit, so you could tell that they missed him through that period. But now he's back. The team that they look now is they just look such a different team with him in it. He could, he could, he could fit in any team's midfield. He yeah, could, easily, he could yeah. do a job for Man City, couldn't he? Yeah. If he was in that Man City midfield, you, he wouldn't look out of place because it's not only his technical ability and what he offers going forward because he did play a little bit higher against Nottingham Forest as well. It's just. Everything about it, though, his work rate, his endeavour, his grit. He likes to get involved. He likes to smash tackles. And I even see him sometimes when he smashes those tackles, he gets up and he gets the crowd going. They're the sort of players who are yeah. so invaluable to your team, aren't they? But what he does as well is he brings the best out of other players in the yeah. team. Like you look at the Raises youngster. the standard. If you look at, like, um, what's his name? Lewis Miley in the yeah. team, the 17-year-old. Yeah. Look at how he's playing. Longstaff. I mean, no one would have pictured them two in, in the Newcastle side. But someone like Bruno in it as well now, he's... He's like he's helping them as players to grow and develop, and he they're bring, he's bringing the breast out of them. So, yeah, not only has he got the, the qualities on the ball and what he does for Newcastle, he also brings the best out of other players as well, and he, he's so good to watch. Um, a, a couple of takeaways from that game. One, I think it should have been a penalty for Forrest. Yes. Uh, Debravka, it was it was a clumsy challenge. He's out and he's just flinging his arms around, and I think he's caught the player. It should have been a penalty, and rightly so. Forrest were really angry about it as well. The manager was fuming. Um, but they're in a bit of trouble, Forrest, at this moment in time. That's six uh, defeats in seven for them. Um, and there's always this talk about um, you know breaching the FFP rules um, and getting a points deduction as well. They they should be a little bit worried at the moment, shouldn't they? Yeah, you would be worried for them because, like you say, they're not picking up points. Um, FFPs obviously hanging over them. They changed the manager, so they got rid of Cooper. And, they, and they... He got off to a good start as well, though. He got off to a fantastic start. Yep. He won his first couple, I think. Um, I think the first game was against Newcastle as well. Um, but then they've just really fallen off, and like I say, six in seven. It's kind of relegation form, isn't it? Confidence, that's all it is. Yeah. It's like you say, your confidence starts getting hit as well. You start losing games, you're not picking up points. Decisions going against you as well, like the penalty decision. You're not getting them now. So them little bits, that little bit of luck that you want. Does that, does, that, is, does that create a bit of a hangover, does it? Does, if you've had a bad something like a bad decision go against you on a Saturday, does that linger throughout the week and then go into the next game a little bit? It shouldn't do, really, no, because you want to get that out of the way as soon as possible. So all the negatives in the game, you want, them, you want to be focusing on the positives of what we did. And yeah. Forrest did. They created a lot of chances and they caused pro- uh, Newcastle a few problems, especially Gibbs White. I like him. Yeah, great he gets in real good positions. Um, but they just didn't take their chances when they needed to. So, yeah, confidence will start getting knocked a little bit now because of them not getting them Those chances. Little the little knock-on yeah, effects, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. like the VAR, going to it, having a look then it's not given and you're going, right, well, we've got to part that now. We've got to focus on the positives of what we've done in the game. We can't look at the negatives too much and we've got to go into the next game but we've got to go and win. They need to pick points up now, Forrest. OK, quiz is coming in two minutes. I promise you two minutes. We have to talk about the AFCON quickly. In particular, one of my mates, Will Trooster Khan. Unfortunately, uh, Nigeria got beat 2-1 uh, by Ivory Coast last night. It was a fantastic game, actually. I buzzed off it. Um, but massive shout-out to Will. Player of the tournament, scored in the final. Um, I actually spoke to Will. We did, Back in the day when I was doing Cycling GK, Robbo, um, I had a little bit of a sit-down interview with uh, with Will and spoke to him about you know his hopes for, for his country being captured and all that kind of stuff and he mentioned about playing for Nigeria at the AFCON and playing at the World Cup and how much it means to him and how special it was um, absolutely gutted they couldn't quite get over the line last night but um, you know it, I was absolutely buzzing for him anyway so did you watch the final? Did you watch I didn't watch the final last night no I was all footballed out after watching it all yesterday you, yeah. yeah just too much football for me I just thought I got to switch off a little bit but no obviously watching Will yeah. as well when he was at Watford he's 
he's a great lad, isn't he? he? Is, and yeah. it's just a shame, isn't it? You'd never want to lose a final like that. And to to have that on your on your CV as well was winning the, like the Afcon and lifting the trophy yeah. is just something special. But no, he's he's a, he's a good lad, Will, and I enjoyed watching him at Watford. And yeah, just felt a little bit disappointed with the way that he left in the end, and yeah. he moved on. But no, hopefully we'll see him back in the Premier League and and, and maybe at Watford again at some point of his career. Um, and also buzzing for uh, Sebastian Haller. Obviously, you didn't watch the thing, but the, the goal he scored. Obviously, Sebastian Haller. If you don't know the backstory of this. Um, you know, on the recovery from testicular cancer. It's great to see him back playing football again anyway. Um, but scoring the winning goal, it was a fantastic goal as well. Ball into the box, Robbo. Like, he's got his foot up. He's, like, studded it into the far corner. That was the winning goal. It was absolutely brilliant. So it's a lovely story, you know, especially if you're yeah. Ivorian like that. Um, quiz time. Nice. You ready? Let's go. You sure? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm ready. Come Let's on, big boy. Right, in what should be a very straightforward dub for Fozzie, um, it's the quiz, and you need to get off the map, by the way, because you haven't even got a point on the board yet. Jamie, you got your ten questions ready? We have ten questions ready to go. Lego. Ready to go? Yep. I can go in the lead, by the way, if I win this. Me and Mark are tied on seven. If I win this, oh, I've got Oh, come point. on. Come on, Mark. I'll do it for you. No, but when you get Robbo on the board, though, as well. All right, we'll see. <laughs> Question one. Which striker made the PFA Team of the Year in 2004-05 season despite getting relegated? Kevin Phillips? No. Oh, oh, four, oh, 05, that was the season I played in. We stayed up. Which striker, striker made the PFA Team of the Year in 2004-05 season despite being relegated? It wasn't Grant Holt, was it? No, it wasn't. It Can we go again? Yeah, do you want a clue? Kevin Richardson? No. No, he's not a striker. I don't know. Midfielder? You can have the clue. because. Yeah, Paul I'll have the clue now because he butted in. Palace. Oh, Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson. Yes! Oh, it's a horrible start. He was the second highest goal scorer with 21 goals. 21 goals in the season? 21 goals. Yeah, yeah. Question two, 1-0 Robbo. In the 1996-97 season, who got relegated after being deducted three points? Ooh. In the 1996-97 season, who got relegated after being deducted three points? Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's the correct answer. Boom! I did not know that. No, no. Like <laughs> oh, good start. The reason, they, they postponed a Premier League match at short notice for not having enough fit players to put out a team. Oh, they, oh, they, they then got relegated yeah. because of I this. remember that. Isn't there like a food bug or something going on? Or like a... Sickness or something. or something, yeah. Oh, wow. This is horrific start. Yeah, 2-0 Robbo. Question three. Who was the only home team not to score this Saturday? Who was the only home team not to score this Saturday? West Ham? No. That was Sunday. Oh, sugar, yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? I keep thinking. Losing track of days. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. I oh, know it is. Five. I oh, know it is. Four. Three. Back in. Two. One. Back in? No, because he knows who it is. No, yeah. not, we're not going to go back in. No. Wolves, wasn't it? Wolves is the correct Oh, answer. come on. Yeah. I should come be back on. in, Tom, shouldn't I? Should be back in. Should be back in. That's 3-0, yeah, Robbo. I'm not. That's 3-0, because we did back in first one. I'm, I'm sorry. It is still 2-0. Well, wow. well done, strong. Question four. Who was the first English manager to win the Premier League Manager of the Year award? Who was the first English manager to win the Premier oh, League Manager of the Year award? Dinker today. It's in the 2009-10 season. I'll give you a clue. 
God, it must have closed. I think I know it. No, that, that, that was a clue. 2009-10 season. Oh. Okay, I'll give you another clue. No, 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 go on then. Tottenham. English Tottenham managers. There's not been many of them. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm having a horror today. Manager of the year? Yes. Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp. Get in Great there! Answer. Come on! <laughs> Needed that. Yeah, the only other English manager to win this award is Alan Pardew with Newcastle in the 2011 oh, 12 wow. season. That's when they finished like 56 and yeah. five Europa League. Come on then, we're back. We're back, baby. 2 1. Let's go. Cool, that one. 2 1. Question five Manager career path. Okay. I have managed Liverpool, Blackburn Rovers, Newcastle United, Celtic interim, Liverpool. Kenny Dalglish. Kenny Dalglish is the correct answer. 3 1 to Robbo. Come on, Robbo, it's your week. <laughs> it is your week. It's your Robbo. week, Robbo. Can you get on the board? I've got it, he's head. Come on, Robbo. Yes, Tom, love it. Question six. What is Harry Maguire's actual first name? James. No. <laughs> I don't know this. Charles. No, that... No, no. Was I close? You were close. It was Jacob. Oh, I knew it began with a J. James. I knew it began with a J. His full name is Jacob Harry Maguire. Really? Yeah. Why would oh. you not go by your first name? I don't know. Ask, ask Harry. Well, Jacob. Ask Harry. <laughs> 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 there we go. So no one got the answer to that one. Oh, I'm having a bad time here. Question seven, three one Robbo. Which player from Ireland was sent home just before the 2002 World Cup? Correct. <sighs> Come on then, here we go. We're back. Out with Mick We're back. Murphy. We're back. Three, two. Question eight. Three questions left. Player career path question. I have played for Pacos de Faria, Atletico Madrid, Porto Loan, Wolves Loan. Wolves permanent, Liverpool. Jota. Jota is the correct answer. We got Jota in the bag. Wow. Four, two. With two questions <laughs> left. Go <With two laughs> <questions laughs> on, Mark. Yeah. Question nine. Can you name two players that have made over 500 appearances for Chelsea? John, John Terry, Frank Lampard. Yeah, John Terry and Frank. Come on, then. I tell you what, I tell you what, 4-3 with one question left. If I get this right, tiebreaker time. Yeah. I Didn't I do this last week as well? Yeah. You did. This is what no we chance. want to see. Yeah. So players, players on 500, Ron Harris, Peter Bonetti, John Terry, Frank Lampard, John Hillis and Cesar Aspilicueta. Oh, nice. Aspilicueta, yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, very good. Question 10, final question, potentially. Who was the manager of, Liver of that Liverpool team who won the UEFA Champions League in 2005? Benitez. Rafa Benitez. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> He's come back. That was a guess. Yeah. You can a, tell that was a, was a proper guess. guess. It was a guess as well. Because he was hoping, please be right. Yeah. It was a guess. I was hoping as well. Yes! Four. And we've got a final question. Tie break time. The tie breaker question. Just take your time on this one. That's you take your time. Question 11, tiebreaker. Who is the oldest manager to manage in the Premier League? Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson. It's <laughs> <laughs> a correct answer. Oh, easy question. <laughs> what is going on, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, he said. Think about it. <laughs> I did say Ray Hudson as well. He <laughs> did. So he's, that's, that's, that's not right. <laughs> Technically, it's not. I want not. the VAR on the... Um, the VAR, all the blue card. 
on a blue card. Two weeks in a row, I have I've pulled it back from the jaws of defeat. It's already it's about to swallow the and I pulled it out and I've gone, no, not today, all right. I'm gonna bring it back, I'm gonna get the dub. Uh, I've gone top of the league, lads. I know you hate it. You're hating me right now. Yeah. Shove that in your pipe and smoke it, all of you, all right? Four and not win is quite... It's quite... Ugh, come on, then. Uh, top of the league. Right, hey, I appreciate that, mate. You made me dig deep there, so well done, OK? I'm proud of you. There's a few dodgy VARs in there. Fantastic quiz, Jamie. Uh, thank you, Robbo, as always. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, that was a football film. We'll see you next week. Come on, the board.